Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Oh my gosh. Yo, give it up. Everybody, amazing. Amazing. Actually, Grant, can you just play the whole certain no, I'm joking. I've been trying to do that for years, and uh, no one is on board. Oh, man, can I just say right quick that to, this morning has been incredible, has it not? This morning has been so powerful, has it not? And, and it's not to any works of man or charisma or tools or talents that we can come up with. That's because the Lord's good, and he just wants to show up. Like, he doesn't go where he's tolerated. He goes where he's celebrated, amen? And he is in the house this morning, and I got to say this. I got to say this, the further we go, and as Evan just pointed out, the longer we go, the crazier things get. I just got to say, I don't have anything like this at my house, and I know you don't. I can't get this at Applebee's or my reservation at some bougie brunch, okay? What happened in this room, no mimosa can accomplish. Amen. There is nothing that takes place after this, no place I would rather be that can do what the Holy Spirit can do when God's people unite under one voice, under one word, under one cause, under one spirit. Amen. Come on, does anybody love the presence of God in this house this morning? Let's go. All right. Well, hey, I need your help this morning. Y'all ready to help me out? All right. I need you just to, I need you to take notes. Uh, but I also need you just to like, you know, shout me down, give me some confidence, okay? Does that sound good? Fantastic. I promise I won't say anything stupid this week, um, and it will be good. Amen? Hey, I'm a man of my word. All right. Y'all ready for the word of God? Come on. The title of my message this morning is Prerequisites and the Promised Land. Prerequisites and the Promised Land. Prerequisite is a hard word to spell. I cannot. Prerequisites and the promised land. And we're going to be coming out of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 19. We're not going to hit the whole thing, but I wanted to give you a little bit of context this morning. Does that sound good? So if you got your body, or your body, <laughs> hope you got your body. Uh, if you don't, we got to start praying some pretty awesome prayers. Um, but yeah, if you got your Bible this morning, come on somebody. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 19. It'll be up on the Sky Bible. Yo, give it up for Michael and Kelsey holding it down in the back. AV video. Come on somebody. Keeping us on track so we don't get lost in all this Holy Spirit sauce. Come on. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 19. Here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall as be frontlets before your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, hey Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build. Oh, doesn't that sound good? The house full of good things that you did not fill. Come on somebody. The cisterns that you dig that, or that you the cisterns that you will have that you did not dig, the vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care 
lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Is anybody grateful this morning that the Lord has brought you out of the house of slavery? Come on, somebody. We could spend 48 minutes on that alone. Come on. The Lord who took you out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. In a time in 2022 when there is a lot of other people who want you to fear another name besides God, we shall not fear. In 2022, when they want you to serve another name, we shall not serve. When they want us to swear by another name, we shall not swear by only the Lord. Come on, somebody. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord, your God, in your midst is a jealous God lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. I'm convinced, Lord. <laughs> you shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested him at Massa. You shall, diligent keep, you shall diligently keep your commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. In the sight of who? In the sight of who? That it, may be, that it may go well with you. And that you may go in and take possession of the good land, the promised land, that the Lord swore to give you and your fathers. By thrusting out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has promised. We're not going to dig into all that this morning, but I wanted to give you context this morning because for every single one of us, every single one of us, we may not have a quote-unquote promised land like the, uh, like the Israelites did being fled out of Egypt. We don't might not have that, but God has given every single person in this room, every single person listening online, every single Christian, okay? We are his church, his people, and he has given us a promise. He has given us a promised life. He has given us a promised land. He has given us a task, something to possess, a place to go, things to enter into. He has given us a promised land, amen? And so this morning... We're going to chase after those. Does that sound good? We're going to pray. We're going to see what the Lord will do with all this. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Wow. Father, do we ever thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for how you were moving even in the beginning of church, our team rally and our practices, God. We thank you, God, that we're just a church that's just going to say, Father, you don't, just, you don't just get some room in this house. You get the whole entire room in this house. Father God, we are so grateful this morning that you are so kind, that you are so faithful, that you are so ready and willing and able to meet with your people, not only meet with us, but leave us changed. Father God, not a single person in this room is interested in being in church today simply for the fact that we're going to be in church today. No, God, we came to be changed today. We came to be different today. We came to leave here a peculiar people by a peculiar God that looks different than anything else on this earth. Father, this morning, break our agreements off with this world. Break our agreements off with the devil. Break our agreements off with our flesh. Break our agreements off with ourselves, Father God. This morning, we come under one agreement, one agreement alone. That is Jesus is Lord. Every other lofty argument that raises itself against you, Father, we will tear down. Because, Father, we didn't come for the play play today. Father, we came for freedom and freedom alone. We came for looking like Jesus and Jesus alone. We came for sounding like Jesus and Jesus alone. We came for fighting like Jesus and only fighting like Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? Come on, does anybody believe Jesus and Jesus alone in this house? Man, 
We switched to microphones, and uh, this one's real heavy. This one's real heavy. Evan, this is so heavy, bro. This is so heavy. This microphone's heavy. My arms are tired from worship. Anyways, it's good. Sorry, just realizing, like, my arms. <laughs> my little arms. Anyways, prerequisites and promised lands. Prerequisites and promised lands. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I love 2022. I do. I know. That's probably not super sweet to say right now. I get there is a lot going on. But I love 2022 because I have looked and I have viewed and I have gone back throughout church history. And you know what happens in times of war? Revival. You know what happens in times of lack? Revival. You know what happens in times of desperation and confusion in the earth? The church brings clarity. The church brings truth. The church brings peace. And most importantly, the church brings Jesus. Amen? So right now, you might say it's dark outside. It is. But it's always darkest before the dawn. It's dark outside, but we are the light. We are the city on a hill, friends. And the darker it gets everywhere else, the brighter we will be prerequisites and promised land. So one of the funny things that I think is interesting about 2022 is you ever met someone who's just entitled? <laughs> you ever met them? You know what I'm talking about? People who are entitled? Oh my gosh, if there's one thing I cannot stand, it's entitlement. Got to be honest. Because what's interesting about the world that we live in right now is people kind of just have this vibe about them. They have this air about them. They have this posture about them where they just kind of want Yo, dude, good to see you again. What's up, my man? I was so pumped. Right here, my preacher section, my guy. But the funny thing is, is all of a sudden it's just like, no, 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 I deserve X, Y, and Z because I simply exist. No, no, I should be handed everything. I should be given everything. Everything should be afforded to me simply because I showed up and I'm here. Like there's this, there's this culture in the world right now that we work for nothing, but yet we are given everything. It's a strange culture to be living in right now where, where suddenly the value of work and the value of, of building and the value of establishing something is completely a miss on a generation. Instead, we simply think everything should be provided for us even though we've done nothing for it. And you're like, right here, this is the moment where we are thinking there are two ways Matt's about to go with this and I promise you neither of those are correct. Because the thing is about prerequisites and promised lands is that if we bring that culture into the church, because here's the deal, we get saved, right? We come in, we're, we're raised in this idea, in this world that we live in right now, and suddenly we hear about, wait, grace? Oh, mercy? Oh, I get a fresh start and a new beginning? Like, I can have Jesus, and all this is just X's sketched away, and I get to start again? Come on, I want that! And we're like, yeah! Right? And we champion that, don't we? We champion that. Who's grateful for new life in Jesus? amazing we get new life we get this whole new outlook we get this brand new fresh start and then all of a sudden because we brought that culture in with us and because some well-meaning preacher was trying to have some wide doors in the place and get everybody in here which I get the mentality but I'm telling you it is the narrow path that leads to life and the wide one that leads to destruction friends and so we got to be clear with this amen and I'm here to tell you this morning, new life in Jesus is great. A new beginning in Jesus is great. But to have a new beginning in Christ will cost you everything outside of Christ. To have a new beginning in Christ will cost you 
everything outside of Christ. You see, because what ends up happening is this. We come in with this mentality of the world. Give it all to me, Lord. And he's like, oh, I will. But my everything is going to cost you your everything. My everything is going to cost you your everything. You can have my all, but it's going to require your all. This thing, I'm going to give you all the grace. I'm going to give you all the mercy. I'm going to give you all this. I am going to cover all of that that you have done, that's been done to you. I am going to make right the things that have been happening to you, what was taken advantage of you, the ways that there was no way to move forward. I will bring streams and deserts. I will move mountains for you. I will do it all. But it will require you your life. It will require you your life. And here's the part about promised lands and prerequisites. Friends, there are always prerequisites to the promised life that God has for you. There are always things in the preliminaries of following Jesus that will be required of you. There are always things in the early onset time of beginning to follow Jesus where God will say to you, I'm willing to save. I am ready to save. I have done it all with Jesus Christ hanging on a cross. And you have the right to now enter in. I have made it available to you. It is a free gift because you didn't pay for it. But it's a costly gift because you've got to give everything once you have it. You can have Jesus, or you can have you. You can have Jesus, or you can have your opinions. You can have Jesus, or you can have your outlook. You can have Jesus, or you can have this world. Prerequisites and promised lands. And so here, I love this portion of Scripture. I love Deuteronomy. Some people find Deuteronomy boring. And I'm like, that's because you don't understand Deuteronomy. You ain't doing Deuteronomy right. I'm trying to find another D in there. No alliteration. Wasn't happening. But you're not doing Deuteronomy right if you don't like it. Because here's the deal. Deuteronomy is incredible. In this moment, we get this insight. This is why, this is why God told Moses, he's like, get a vision and you make it plain and you write it down and you put this thing on stone you put this thing before you because the people need to know our conversations amen so many of you today i want to encourage you this is totally off topic sort of when god gives you a word when god gives you a word when he gives you a vision when he says something to you that just lights you up man you need to write that thing down and you need to put that before you you need to make it plain and you need to say this is a word from god and i will not depart from it amen come on i will i will see this thing i will be faithful in this thing i will pursue this thing until the lord delivers it into my hands amen so in this moment here's moses who loves moses i love moses who loves Aaron? Boo. No. Aaron messed things up. Okay. <laughs> Who loves Joshua? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joshua's nuts. So here's the deal. This is a moment where we get a bird's eye view. We are a fly on the wall for this conversation because right here we are seeing a download from heaven. This is Moses giving a sermon right now to the Israelites, to the people who have just recently been freed. And when I say recently, I mean 40 years ago because here we are in the moment. He is preaching to a group of Israelites who have already been freed from Egypt, who have already wandered around in the desert for 40 years, you know, chasing everything but the Lord. And here 
they are finally at the end of themselves, about to go in, possess the promised land, the promised life, the promises of God for them, right? Come on, we're on the same track. They're about to go do this. A Moses is actually about to die. I know, sad. But he gets to go to heaven, so what's up? Come on, yeah, we're like sad, but then we're like, heaven is so much better than America in 2022. What are we talking about? And then Joshua is about to assume leadership of the church of the Israelites. And so it's in this moment that he's laying it down and he is letting them know that he's had this conversation with God. And he starts it off. He says, hear me, O Israel. Our God is God. Our God is Lord. And our God is one. So I just felt like maybe I needed to proclaim to our church today, hear me, take over church. Our God is the Lord, and our God is one. This is a prerequisite for you and I, for this church, for our lives, for our marriages, for our single seasons, for our place, for our finances, for our everything, your dreams, the things that you want to accomplish, that God has placed on the inside of you, everything, the reason you exist. Entering into that purpose, to that promised land, to that promised life that God has for you will all be built and contingent upon whether or not you believe, but not only believe, you have made the prerequisite agreement that our God is the Lord and our God is one. Because right now we live in a time and a place, friends, you know where I'm going with this. We live in a time and a place where there are so many other lords, so many other gods, so many other voices that are loud, so many other things in the media, so many other things, culture, flesh, presidents, whomever. There's so much going on in 2022 right now that is trying to tell you, no, 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 Jesus isn't Lord. Jesus is a great idea. Jesus was a gentle guy. He was kind to widows and babies. But Jesus isn't the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that's where we find ourselves. And so I think it's, it's high time that the church realizes that we just understand, no, 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 we have to make this prerequisite agreement right now. Friends, can I tell you the truth this morning? You will only ever enter into what you've already made agreements with. You will only enter into what you have already made agreements with. This is the prerequisite to the promised land. The Israelites, they out here, they already forgot. They forgot better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, okay? Better is one day in the courts of God than a thousand elsewhere. They forgot this. They didn't make the prerequisite for the promised land that they should have. Instead, what they did was, Lord, free me! And then they went back. They didn't go back physically because the Lord made a way for them not to go back, but they went back emotionally. They went back mentally. They went back spiritually. They wandered around in four, for 40 years in the desert. They experienced the, the delay in the desert for 40 years simply because they could not get past their past. They couldn't make agreements with their future. They could not sit here and go, no, 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 no. Our God is our Lord, and our Lord is one. So the reason they get stuck in the desert for 40 years 
is because they're like, yeah, 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 like God's good and all, but we're kind of out here meandering about. He told us to go the long way. We're not really trusting with him. And when we decide that we can't trust God, we decide that he's not really Lord. No, 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 that's, that way seems difficult. That way seems more easy. I want to go the easy route, Lord. If you, you're God, you could simply, just like you parted the sea, make a way through this desert safely in this other way. Instead, you're making us go the long way. That's not God because it doesn't make sense. And so they go back on an agreement. So they go back on a prerequisite. And so suddenly they're stuck in the desert because they've decided, no, 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 God isn't God and God isn't one. In fact, I, I kind of miss when God was God, but Pharaoh was king. I kind of I miss being ruled. I kind of miss the comfort of my chains. I kind of miss the community that I had when I was working the yard. I kind of miss having a place to lay my head at night. I kind of miss the comfort of Egypt. I kind of miss knowing that I might be a subject and I might be ruled over, but I won't be lost out in the desert. Like, I kind of miss my bondage and my chains and my old way of life. I mean, it was kind of comforting. There's security in chains because at least I know I'm not going anywhere and nothing's being taken from me. And the same thing that the Lord has rescued Israel out of is the same things that he has rescued you and I out of. And the same response that Israel has to that is so often, unfortunately, the same results that you and I have with it. The Lord's, no, 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 come away with me. Come away with me. Make agreements with me. I am God. I am the Lord. And there is no other Lord besides me. There is no other Lord. I am one. And suddenly, we are on this journey with Jesus. And because we didn't make this prerequisite agreement upon entering that relationship with God, it is so easy for us to go back on. I think about it all the time in my own life and your lives and, and the conversations we have as a church and as a family. Friends, what, what would your life look like if we stopped asking Jesus to share the throne? If we stopped asking Jesus to share the throne? God, you are God, and you are Lord alone. I want to follow you. But I'm dating this girl, and it's a lot easier to have sex, so could you just scooch over a little bit and let sex be on the throne with you? God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to say what you want to say. Are you going to give what I want you to give? If, if you could just make some room for my bank account on the throne next to you, if you could just kind of ride sidecar while ruling the universe and ruling my life, that would be great. Friends, God doesn't share the throne. He is God and God alone. Can we just declare that today? God doesn't share the throne because he is God and God alone. Come on, somebody. Can we just say on a count of three that he is God alone? Can we do that? Is that all right? One, two, three. He is? Come on. He is God alone. And he is looking at a world just like he was looking at Israel back then because he knows. He knows us, God. He knows you and me. He doesn't know just Israel. 
He doesn't know just Christians. He doesn't know just the church, but he knows his image bearers. He knows people. He made us in his image and likeness. Amen. Every single one of us, we are the Omago day. We are his image and his likeness. He made us like him. But in our fallen nature, in our sinful nature, in our separation from God, in the distance that so often creates distortion, he knows us because what we are prone to do is we are prone to worship every other God but him. We are prone to say, no, no, I love God. I get a tattoo that says it. I'll put it on my Instagram. It's on my dating profile. No, no, no. We'll say grace at the family dinner table. We love God. But it's really confusing right now. So God, could you just share your throne with the president? Oh man, we didn't see this coming. God, could you just scooch over and make a little room for COVID? God, I just love my wife so much. If you could just make some room for her, because it'd be a lot easier just to cave to everything in our marriage rather than put you at the center of it. You see, God, he knows his image. He knows us. Because you and I, we were made to worship him. You and I, we were made to have relationship with him. You and I, we were made to be just like him, okay, to do life with him. This whole thing was supposed to be hand in hand with him, and suddenly, because we sinned, because we fell, because we're broken, because now we're separated, you and I, we are still prone to worship. We just don't always worship him. We're still prone to have relationship, but we just, problem is we exalt broken relationships. We are still supposed to be doing this thing with Jesus at the center, but because we're broken and because we are fallen, because we are still prone to put something at the center, suddenly we might say, yes, Jesus, Lord, of some things. <laughs> and so God, when he's saying this to Moses, he's thinking about the desert. He's thinking about what we just got out of. I just delivered you from your enemy. I delivered you from bondage. I delivered you from slavery. I delivered you from certain death, okay? I have delivered you. I have set you free. And if we're going to go into this promised land, if you are going to enter into everything that I have promised you and made available to you, you are going to have to do things my way. You're going to have to do things my way. Matt, why do we got to do things his way? Isn't it just enough to just love Jesus and, and kind of proclaim him as Lord? And Like, why, do, why does this require so much? It requires everything in order to give you everything. It will require everything for you to explore everything he has for you, to receive everything he has for you. This is an exchange, friends, where his currency is so much better than ours. There is a promised life that money cannot buy for you, that favor with man because of your talents and charisma cannot get for you. There is a life that God has ordained for you. It's called the promised life, but there are prerequisites to enter it. Our God is God. 
our God is not COVID. Our God is not the government. Our God is not Biden. It's not Putin. It's not Trump. It's not Brad Pitt. It's not Angelina Jolie. It's not Kim Kardashian. Our God is not Adrienne. Our God is not Matt. Our God is not our ministry. Our God is not our marriage. Our God is not our relationships. Our God is not our feelings. Our God is not our desires. Our God is not our sex. Our God is not anyone other than who? Than God. He is Lord. There's a reason Moses tacks that on there. He is Lord because, friends, we so often want a Jesus that will save us, but we don't want a Jesus that will rule us. We want a Jesus that will save us, but we don't want a Jesus that will rule us. We want a Jesus that frees us, but we don't want a Jesus that then rules us. Amen? Like, so often that's where we find ourselves. Yeah, 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 God, take my past but I'm going to go secure my future. No, 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 God, take my chains, but not my freedom. No, God, take my bondage, but don't dictate my life. And he's like, that's not how this works. That's not how this thing works. I am either Lord of all, or I'm not Lord at all. Come on, this is who King Jesus is. The very word Lord means that he controls everything that leaves and goes, that is received and shipped from what he possesses. He is the Lord of the land. And friends, my Bible tells me that my life is not my own, that I have been bought with a great price. So friends, you can either have your life or you can have Jesus. He is Lord. I love that he had to tell the Israelites that. No, you don't understand. This is all available to you. You can have it all. So often we sit around, and one of my favorite songs right now is uh, by Maverick City Music. Who loves Maverick City? Who thinks they're just a blessing to the church? They are. So good. But there's a song, and it's, it's Chris Brown is actually in it from Elevation. He's great, the, the white Chris Brown. And uh, not the other one. Not the other one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from my best Chris Brown impressions. But anyways, can't moonwalk near as good as that man. So there's a song, and he goes, If you want my heart, you got it, you got it. Anybody know the song? Come on. If you want my heart, say it. You got it. You got it. If you want my yes. It's so good, right? It's so good. I love it. And it's like, if you want my heart, you got it. You got it. And then it's like, God's like, <laughs> and God's like, that's awesome that I have your heart, but do I have your finances? And God's, and then there our response back, we were starting this rap battle with the Lord. You ever notice that? We, that's how our arguments always go. It's like, if you want my yes, or if you want my heart, you got it. You got it. And then God's like, yeah, well, what about your finances? You're like, if you want my wallet, then fill it, then fill it. <laughs> and then God's like, even if I feel it, you won't give it. You won't give it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's who he is. Well, I know why. Because if we're not faithful with the little, we will certainly not be faithful with much. If we're not faithful with little first, we won't be faithful with much later, okay? Like, this is how we work. He knows us. And so he's saying, I'm either Lord of all or I'm not Lord at all. And he's like, man, there are prerequisites to your promised life. I want to give it to you all, but it's going to cost you everything. See, friends, there's this thing 
called agreements that we make. Some of them are passive. We don't realize that we're making them. Maybe it's kind of the church culture we got brought up in. Maybe it's our like weird interpretation of scripture. Maybe it's the methodology we were brought up on. Maybe it's experiences that we're basing things on. Like there are things that we have subtly and sometimes overtly just made agreements with that are not God's best for our life. He is saying to Israel, we're going into the promised land, but there are things that you can't take with you. We got to leave them here between the delay and the promise. Friends, can I just tell you this morning, more Christians have entered delay than they have the promised life because of the prerequisites they've made with Jesus. More Christians have entered into the delay of the desert than they have the promised land of God simply because they made, they made bad agreements before they ever got there. It's because we decided we wanted to keep some things to ourselves. We wanted to keep this for us. No, 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 God. I, God, I will give you my best. Because right here, I love this. Let's move on. He says, <laughs> he says, you must love the Lord your God with all. Before we even get to the, the areas of which he says we need to love the Lord with, he says, love the Lord your God with your all. All is all-encompassing. All is everything. All is nothing spared for you, for your spouse, for your future, for your past, for your habits and sinful natures that you still like to, you know, reach back into every now and again for a little comfort touch. Like, no. <laughs> all means all. Could you imagine my marriage with Adrienne, which evidently is the most intense marriage anybody's ever seen, I guess. Someone told me that. It was Evan. Under the bus. You got the most intense marriage I've ever seen, bro. Yeah, we fight hard and we love hard. Let's go. Come on. She's a mayor. I'm a stallion. We're both unbridled and we need the Holy Spirit. Like, it's good. Okay? I've watched a lot of Yellowstone. What can I say? I'm getting real Montana with my life going forward. I got an eagle on my arm. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm going to buy a shotgun. Anyways, so, so, could you imagine if I just told Adrienne, hey, I'll give you my best, I'll give you my most, I'll give you my effort. But best wasn't defined as all. If most wasn't defined as all. If effort wasn't defined as all. Could you imagine if I promised her till death do us part, I'll give you my best, but my best didn't mean all? How many of you know I wouldn't be trusted with a whole lot in my marriage? How many know if I just told her, I'll give you my best effort, girl? Well, what defines your best effort? See, we have a lot of Christians today. We are living for Christ based on our best efforts. We are living for God based on our most efforts. We are living for God based off best effort and most. But for a lot of people, their standard of best isn't their all. Okay? How many of us in high school were like, you didn't get your grades up? And we're like, yeah, I'm trying my best. No, you aren't. You know you aren't. You are playing Halo. You are watching, you know, Guns N' Roses music videos and MTV2. Like, you being dumb. I love Axl Rose as much as the next person. I've been working on this dance move forever, but I can't do it. And I'm saying, you know you weren't giving it your all. But you said it was your best. And so often, that is how we treat our relationship with Christ. But if our best is not our all, we will not enter into the promised land. The promised land has one doorway, and guess what? The key is your all. 
There is one threshold, the way you get over it is your all. There is one card reader to the promised life and it is your all. Friends, so many of us have entered delay because we've given our best and not our all. I'm sure a lot of Israelites felt like they were given our best. I'm doing the most. I wasn't ready. Like you're trying. I'm trying. No, 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 God didn't ask for try. He asked for all. Did you know all is a lot easier to give than try? And I'm going to prove it to you in just a minute. All is a lot easier than try. So many of us were trying instead of just free falling. Free fall in. Free fall. Anyways. Well, I'm not a rapper. Anyways. Uh, seriously, though. We will never enter the promised land with our best efforts and our best intentions. Have you ever heard the phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? Good intentions are not God intentions. Good intentions are not heaven intentions. Good intentions go a long way with man, but they go very little with God. Because he's like, I've already paved the road. Walk it how I gave it to you. Don't pave another one with good intentions. They ain't gonna last. They ain't gonna measure up. You're not gonna get there. You will spend 40 years in delay instead of entering into the promised land. God's goal was that you would take the long way around to protect you. He's not trying to delay you on purpose. You're delaying yourself on accident. And this is what happens when we do not enter into an agreement with God with the prerequisites understood that he is God, he is Lord, he is one, he does not ride sidecar, he does not ride shotgun, he is not on the sidecar of our motorcycles of life. Friends, could you imagine how ridiculous Jesus, King of the universe, would look in a sidecar on your cafe racer? Freaking Jesus, riding sidecar. He doesn't ride sidecar when he's ruling the universe. He doesn't ride sidecar in my sexuality. He doesn't ride sidecar in my marriage. He doesn't ride sidecar in my finances. I, he does not share the throne. If anything, I'm drunk behind the motorcycle and he is doing wheelies because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he loves to show off while I'll hang on for dear life. That's who Jesus is. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? So how do we know? How do we know if we've made the right agreements with God? How do we know? Well, Moses says, you shall love the Lord your God with all. You shall love the Lord your God with your all. Does, do the agreements that you've made in your life show God love? Do the agreements you've made in your marriage show God love? Do the agreements you've made within yourself show God love? Does your standard for living show God love? And I'm not talking like fiscally or whatever, you know, like in a world standard of living wages or anything. I don't mean like that. I mean like the standard you've set for your life. Does it show God love? Is it your all or is it your effort? Because it's, it's, it's interesting to me. What's, what's amazing to me is that I, as broken Matt McClure, with as checkered history as I have, with as much red in my ledger as I have, with as many mistakes and nights that I wish I could forget that I have in my life, conversations I've had with my wife I wish never happened, things that I've done I wish never happened. What's amazing to me is God is still saying, you, show me love. Lord, I, what a humbling 
What a humbling experience when the Lord asks you to show him love. I ain't worthy. Yeah, pastor, but you're a pastor. You're a bit more worthy than the rest of us. Friends, I am like Paul. I am chief sinner in this room. I am chief sinner in this room. I'm not just chief of this tribe. I am chief sinner in this room. And yet God still says to me and he says to you, and if he's saying it to me, then he's certainly saying it to you. Love me with your all. What do you mean, God? Not just your best efforts, not just your best intentions, even with your worst mistakes, even with your checkered history, even with the flaws that you came with me for. Bring it all to the door. Bring it all to the table. There's some things that we're going to shed. There's some things that got to go, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. But right now, you first got to come to the threshold. Meet me here in this place and understand there's prerequisites to the promised land. But if you trust me to lead you, to lord over you, to be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, if you trust me, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so what happens is this. I'm going to speed through this, okay? He says, you love the Lord your God with your all. And he says, with all your heart. With all your heart. We love this one, right? We love this one because it's like, the Lord, he rescued my heart. Mm. Today, service passage, did so much for my heart. That worship experience, my heart, oh, bless my heart. We hear, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we think of this Valentine's Day romantic thing. And it's like, that's great. That's a really good starting point. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on any of that, okay? I'm not poo-pooing on any of that, but it's better than that. It's more than that. Because here's the thing. The Bible tells us that same heart that he asked for all of is the same heart that we are so often led by. And the Bible tells us the heart of man is deceitful. The heart of man, if we are led by our heart, if we're led, people always say, you can drive down Wealthy Street and Diamond right now, and there's a beautiful pink diamond looking, uh, what do you call those things, mural on the side of a donut shop that says, follow your heart. And as your pastor, I'm going to tell you, yeah, straight to hell. Follow your heart. No, 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 follow the Holy Spirit. Someone's like, you got to follow your gut. No! Do you know what my hunger has caused me to do? I don't always hunger and thirst for righteousness. Sometimes I hunger and thirst for pornography or for whatever, and guess where that led me? Don't follow your gut. Follow the Holy Spirit. We hear it all the time. You just got to follow. Listen to your instincts. Friends, you have not lived enough life where your instincts match the instinct of God. Follow the Holy Spirit follow your instincts. No, don't follow your instincts. You follow the instructions in the Word of God. Am I preaching to anybody? We haven't lived long enough. We haven't accomplished enough. We haven't had enough victories at all to compare ourselves to what He has written in His Word and how He's leading His people in spirit and truth. Come on, somebody. Don't follow your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. My heart's beat up. Look at God with He'll resuscitate it. He'll restore it. He'll love it back to completion. He'll make that thing beautiful again. Come on, somebody. This is who our God is. He will make that heart 
beautiful again. God, my heart is that he will make that heart beat again. God, I've been abused. He will love you. He will change you. He will revive you, and it will be new. God, my heart is hard. Yeah, well, Ezekiel said, I will cut out that heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a fresh, beating, lovely heart that feels like no one's ever touched you wrong before. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Friends, you know how you love the Lord your God with all your heart? You follow the God. You follow God over your heart. You follow God over your heart. Do you know how many women and men in our church, if they didn't follow their heart, but followed the Lord, followed the counsel of wise brothers and sisters, would be in such a profoundly different, radically, completely different place than they are right now? Oh my gosh, friends, if we would just not follow our heart. Don't make an agreement with the heart. Make an agreement with the Lord who wants to enter your heart. Moving on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Soul is an interesting one for me because I, soul is the thing that is plaguing our world right now. Matt, did you just call the soul a plague? I did. I did. Pastor Matt, why? I'll tell you. Because the soul is where you get your emotions from. Your soul is where your doubts come from, where your insecurities come from, where your desires come from. You see, you are a spirit first. You got a soul, and you are in a body, okay? Your soul is where your emotions and, 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 this, and this overwhelming and the things that you are ultimately so more often led by. Your soul is where all of these things reside. Your feelings and your emotions, good, bad, ugly, or otherwise, this is where all this kind of comes from. We think it's our heart, but it's actually not our heart. It's our soul, and our soul is able to be wounded, and our soul is able to be betrayed, and our soul is able to get out of hand, and our soul can be completely out of order, and our soul is kind of that thing that just weighs down on you. We're like, I don't know why I feel weighty. I don't know why I feel this way. And it's like, yeah, how's your soul? Love the God with all your soul, because here's the deal. Christians today? Gave my heart to Jesus today. Amazing. What about your soul? My soul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you given God your feelings? He's got your heart, but does he have your feelings? No, 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 no. I live in a time and a place where everyone tells me I'm entitled to these feelings. No, 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 no. You, you can have my heart, Lord, but you don't get my desires. No, no, you can have my heart, Lord, but you don't get my emotions. No, no, I'm entitled to these feelings. I really feel these things. These feelings are so real. This rage is so real. This betrayal is so real. This advantage being taken of me feels so profound and real. This is my reality. All your feelings might be real, but that doesn't mean your feelings are truth. He's talking about how you're going to be led. He's talking about who gave you ownership. I'm entitled to my feelings. Yeah, you're entitled to whoever owns you, says you're entitled to. I can say that again if no one caught it. I'm entitled to my feelings. Yeah, you're entitled to whatever the owner of your soul says you're entitled to. Are you entitled to those feelings according to Jesus? No, you don't understand. When I was young, someone who was that skin color, they hurt me. Yeah. I get that that was your experience. I get that that was a reality. I get that you really felt those things. 
but you're not entitled to racism. You're not entitled to feel that way. No, you don't understand. Every man I've ever encountered, he hurt me, he betrayed me, they took advantage of me. How many men was that? Three. Well, none of them were Jesus. Who's the owner of your heart? Who's the owner of your soul? Who owns all of you? You're entitled to your feelings or you're entitled to everything God has for you. There is a truth that goes beyond those entitlements. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? God, you can have my heart, but you can't have my soul. These are my lived-in experiences. You need to have empathy with my experiences. I have empathy. I'm speaking as Jesus. <laughs> I have empathy for your experiences, but I have a greater reality for them. It's called redemption. They might really have happened, but they were not truth. And the lies that you've been believing and been led by and the agreements of which you've made of them are not my truth, my realities, my agreements. And so therefore, those feelings, they don't get to come in. We got to leave them. We got to forgive them. We got to heal them. You can't be led by your soul. You got to be led by the Spirit. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. A.K.A. your strength. I love this one. Worship team, you can make your way up here. I love this one. I love this one. Why do I love this one? Because I see so many people today, so many Christians, they're like, I am burnt out. I am overwhelmed. Life is so much. There's so much required of me. Like, oh my gosh, I am just going through it. You know what, Lord? I could really use a vacation. I could really use a vacation. You got my heart. You got my soul. Please don't ask for my strength. I am just holding on with the last bit of strength that I have. Everyone loves when I do that noise. They don't. Have my strength. If I don't do this for me, nobody else will. No one else is going to make this happen for me. I got to get it. And we have this unhealthy relationship with our strength. Friends, could I just maybe encourage you today and maybe challenge some mindsets today? Could I just kind of speak some truth to power this morning that, that perhaps you're feeling burnt out, perhaps you're overwhelmed, perhaps life has been too much for you recently because you have been trying to build your life in your own strength instead of build your relationship with God in your strength. See, friends, here's the deal. Here's the truth about Jesus. Here's the truth about your strength. Here's the truth about your relationship. Your strength would be better used to contend for your relationship with the Lord, and his strength would be better used instead of redirecting and saving your life all the time, building your life. Our strength, I'm going to say it again, our strength would be better served contending for my relationship with the Lord, for his heart, for our relationship. My strength would be better suited contending for my relationship with him and his strength would be better suited instead of redirecting and saving my life, building my life. Your strength will build your relationship with God. His strength will build your life. Am I preaching for anybody? Could you imagine, friends, what your life would look like if instead of spending all of your strength trying to build your own life and get your own way, instead your life, your strength 
was spent building your relationship with God and his strength was spent building your life. Could you imagine? What if he wasn't spending all of his strength saving you and redirecting you instead of building your life and you remained faithful and obedient? How much more? How much more energy would you have? How much more just fever and passion and what David calls zeal for the house of the Lord, for the relationship with God that you have? How much more alive would you feel? Would you actually be? How much more alive would your life and your faith be if you weren't trying to do it all in your own strength, but you loved God with all your strength? And in return, he loved you. He built you. He made a way for you. You stopped making a way for yourself because your way is no way better than Yahweh's. Mikey, give me this. You gave me a drum beat. It's great. So then in Mark 12, we see Jesus recite the same piece of scripture. But here's the thing with Jesus. Jesus, he came to fulfill the law. See, Christians, we think that means abolish the law. No, 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 he didn't abolish the law. He didn't eradicate the law. He fulfilled the law. And when Jesus fulfilled the law, he actually elevated the law. He added to it. He made it perfect. He made it even better. Instead of having a law, though, that was built on sacrifices, now it's a relationship built on (laughs) relationship. No longer do we enter in by sacrifice alone, but relationship alone. And with that fulfilling of the law came this. He added a fourth. He says, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then Jesus said, while we're at it, all your mind. All your mind. Wait, God, what, why, why would he ask for more? I already gave you my heart. I've already given you my soul. I've already given you my strength, my will. Now you want more? Why do you want that? I don't know, but he's Jesus, and I listen. Why is that his standard? Because he's God. I don't know how best to live my life. I didn't create it. But he does. And so all I can take from that is this. Friends, would you stand with me as we get ready to worship real quick? He says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. Can I tell you a prerequisite? to every agreement you make doesn't come from your actions doesn't come from your emotions doesn't come from your soul doesn't come from your strength doesn't come from your heart every agreement in preliminary okay I'm talking about those pre-agreements that everybody any sort of contract obligation covenant that is made any sort of conversation that takes place any paperwork that's drawn up for a purchase for a deed for anything those preliminary conversations only happen because of your mind. Can I give you a really easy example? Sex. Before it ever happens between your legs, it's happened between your ears. Before it's ever happened between the sheets, happened between your ears. Before it's ever happened between you and your spouse, it's happened between your ears. Every other agreement you ever enter into, every other prerequisite to your promised land 
will have a genesis, will have a beginning that takes place between your ears before it takes place between you and God, before it takes place between you and church, between it takes place between you and your Bible, between you and your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Every single agreement, Jesus, he elevates it. He doesn't abolish it. He goes, no, we're going to add your mind to it. There's a reason the Apostle Paul says you've got to take all of those thoughts captive. And when you have them, you don't just give them to social media. You don't just give them to what culture says. You don't just give them to your emotions. You take those thoughts and you submit them not to yourself, not to your church, not to your pastor. You submit them to Christ. you got to love the God with all your mind because before you ever make any agreement, before you ever have any prerequisite conversations it always starts in your head Moses says this as we worship you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Because your girlfriend isn't God. Your sex drive isn't God. Culture isn't God. Your mind isn't God. Your soul isn't God. Your spirit is God. Your mind isn't God. Your heart isn't God. You and I, Pastor Matt McClure, is not God. So we don't ever do what's right in the sight of man. We do what's right in the sight of God. That it may go well with us. Friends, there's a wellness for you. There's a promised land for you. There is a well life available to you, but it is only found the one way, God's way. may go well with you. Check this out. And that you might go in and experience further delay. Nope. Some of us, we've experienced delay in our healing. We've experienced delay in our promotion. We've experienced delay in our relationships and our marriages. Delays in spiritual breakthrough. We've experienced delays in our faith. I thought I'd be further than this. But we've experienced delay because of the agreements we've made. But when we make agreements with what God says, we take possession of the good land and the Lord who swore it to us, to our fathers, and he will thrust out all of our enemies before you as the Lord has promised. Friends, there is a promised land available to each every single one of us today. But it comes off the backside of the prerequisites that we will establish with the Lord today. So we're going to sing about revival, and we're going to sing to the God of revival, and we're going to sing about the promised land that's available to Grand Rapids, that's available to our marriages, that's available to our purity, that's available to our identity, that's available to our bodies. We are going to sing about the promised life available to us.
And as we sing, let us make our agreements with God that God's way is the only way for God's chosen people. Anybody, amen? And let's worship, worship team. Begin to sing.